and we're diving in. Belvin, you want to talk about Toast? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Oh. So you, you're going to lie to the listeners. Right now, having told me a completely contradictory <laughs> piece of information. Walter, I don't I, I know what the it. fuck you're talking about. Belvin, this is bad form, even for you. What, son what? of a bitch. What is toast? You, Chessman, you son you stay the fuck out of this. No, I, I don't know I what toast is. I swear to God. You and me both, man. The inquiring minds. I have no I idea like, what this toast business is. I feel like you're putting on a voice, and I feel like uh, that means that you do know what's going on. Belvin is referring to a Netflix show, Toast of London, in a smash cult hit from like 2012 starring... Amazingly gifted actor Matt Berry, who which Belvin and I are tremendous fan. Oh my fucking <laughs> <laughs> tremendous, just absolutely uh, tremendous fans. Belvin has Belvin has left me out to dry completely. Apparently, choosing instead to do some bit where he claims to not remember what the show is. I watch American which shows. Is honestly compared to like the rest of the gear. quality on this podcast, a like six out of ten bit. <laughs> I, I really cannot get behind anything that normalizes the British. Just stop doing it. Wait, so you're saying it's above average? Oh, far above average. Compared to, like, for average? example, any content you produce. Are you attacking Chessman because <laughs> you feel hurt that Belvin has abandoned you to the world of like, comedy? What are you, like, a psychiatrist? <laughs> It's like the whatever theory of politics, where if you swing far enough to one side, you come back around the other way. It's what it's like. That's what it's like. We, That's what we what actually can't let the podcast get too good because we have a grant from the government to produce the worst content imaginable. <laughs> yeah, it's like right. the farmers that get paid to grow nothing in the field. Yeah, to grow nothing in the field. We're just using up space on the airwaves so we can jam all the pedophile frequencies that the government's using. That's right. why this initiative was funded. It's an anti five G initiative. It's, it's true. It's supported right. so by five G. I guess, I guess we Gates. should we should say that this episode we are doing this is a special episode. We're doing springtime for Hitler. Uh, <laughs> no one's ever done that before. Whoa. No one's ever That's done that American before. Piece. We're gonna crash this podcast like in the ground. <laughs> uh, no, it's a very prestigious government grant, though. I mean, sure, it's like to cover up pedophilia, but I mean, the, you get to. I mean, like, we share that grant with a lot of, like, content. Like, every Game of Thrones podcast, for example. Yeah, it's uh, crazy how every, they're all still going on. And yeah, we all every, know why that is. Every uh, Mandalorian podcast uh, that exists is also recipients of the grant. Do any? I'm sure that at least one does. Uh, Man. Every every fucking show that has any mainstream popularity has it. There's like a million podcasts about The Sopranos. Oh, well, Dude, yeah. There's one hosted by the actor who played Bobby Bacala. Yeah, with uh, Michael Imperioli, and, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, Mike Imperioli Chrissy. and uh, the guy who played Christopher Moltisanti. I forget his name. I just said Okay, it. well, that's actually interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's the exception. But it's not but, just like four dudes jacking each other off about how great The Sopranos is, which it is very great, but I don't need to hear you talk about it. Speaking of four dudes yeah. jacking each other off, hello and welcome to 30 Man Worlds. We're your hosts. My name's Belvin. I'm Walt. I'm Dan. I'm Chessman. There we go. You don't have a first name. That's correct. Uh, 
I'm going to roll the uh, lore die here to see who the lad is. It is one. Chessman, it's you. Oh, okay. Wow. That you, takes a load off a me. We had a lapse, but it was literally the click of the dice. The cl- oh, okay. The click of the dice. I use a okay. virtual uh, dice roller. Yeah, I'm no, too I'm up poor to speed. for dice. If you're keeping up with the extended lore of the show, I do live in a public library. Well, actually, Walt is using all his D4s as caltrops to prevent people from entering the public library right now. It's really a public exactly. service. Exactly. Uh, it's hard as I only have one D4. Okay, so... Uh, you know what? I, oh, hmm. Yes? I don't know what. Tell me. Yeah, as 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 lore lad, you know, sometimes you have you have a little bit of uh, influence to like set the scene at the beginning. You can you can definitely do that, yeah. Uh, and and I've been on a little bit of a uh kick recently. So if I'm this just... is about anything related to minors at all. <laughs> is it about smells, perhaps? Is it, it, is is it about perhaps any book written by Nabokov that uh, we do not Nabokov, mention on actually. this book? Don't lure me into this. Um, uh, no, it's about airplanes. It's about the jet age of aviation. Okay. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Somebody's been playing Ace Combat. <laughs> I, it's so wait. Way too much Ace Combat. Did you just introduce a prompt word or a prompt vibe? It's a prompt vibe. Okay. It's a prompt era. Uh, okay. Constraining so the setting just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, my word is curse. My word is Porco Rosso. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the Jetty. It's not Jets. The, it, the He's best, right. The best oh, movie he ever made, though. Come on. It just is a fantastic kidding. movie. It's literally the best one. Uh, no, that's not my word. My word is glory. Huh? You have once again presented me with a situation where I desperately want to choose the word pirate, but the I cannot. Glorious, the glorious jet curse. Dan, your problem is that you always present your prompt last and then you're torn. Yes, <laughs> this is a recurring <laughs> issue in my day to day lifestyle. You need my... to just seize the fucking jet engine throttle. Well, I was going to pick a jokey prompt, but now I don't want to. Um, what was the jokey prompt? The jokey prompt was hippies. Oh, that's not a joke. Not a joke. That's a lifestyle, Hippies are very dude. serious. Hippies are serious business. Actually, it's kind of funny. If, well, well, I can pick something else if you want, or we no. can just roll with it. No, right, no, no, I no, think no. we roll with hippie. We roll with hippies. So that is... Um, I already forgot what yours was, uh, Walter. The curse. Or the, curse. The curse. The glorious uh, curse the glory of the hippie aircraft. And hippies. And this is somewhere in a setting that has, uh, let's say, jet fighters. Okay. Jet fighters. Okay. World jet is, fighting. Worlds at war, jet fighters. Peace and love, jet fighters. It is the height of the Vietnam War. <laughs> Fighters of consciousness expansion. Where are you hmm. going with this? Hippies. I was trying to tie it anyway. Go on. Well, yeah, hippies are. I mean, they're they're against the establishment because the establishment is, uh, you know, trying to trying to trying to put you in a box. You know, they want to take away your 
your drugs, and free love. That's all I got on hippies. Well, and they're I'm against to... they're against war. They're pacifistic yeah. in nature, which is contrary mm-hmm. to uh, jet fighting, to shooting other planes. Right. It seems like they would be opposed, pretty like simplistically and diametrically. So, what would make a hippie want to become a jet pilot? The curse. Or the glory. <laughs> or the, yeah, or, that's true. the so glory that, of combating the curse with your airplane. Okay. Oh, shooting the bad vibes. This makes sense. Mm, <laughs> it's all coming together. Is the curse is it like a werewolf? Is I don't, like, look, I just said curse, man. We'll figure out what the curse is. That's probably the big bad of the setting, I would say. Big bad wolf, perhaps? I, <laughs> well, curse could either I don't know be that, like, some kind of like dark force, or it could be like uh, a curse, like the werewolf curse, like the curse of the Midas touch. You know, just some some yeah. personally focused thing. Like maybe hippies get cursed with bloodlust or whatever. I don't know. We have options. I kind of like the idea of it, the curse changing the normal hippie mentality into a warlike one. But then hippies are just there as kind of like a placeholder because they could you don't need hippies for that to be part of the curses effect. I don't know. Hmm. Like peace through force. Is that what you're trying to say? Or like, I don't they're... know. I'm, I'm grasping at something that I can't really articulate, I guess. Sort of like a reversal. Yeah, it's just like you got to have a trip. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like you step through the mirror and you're like the... You're in the bizarro world where hippies are leading the military or something. Mm-hmm. A cast of consciously expanded free love soldiers. In their pursuit of the glory of a world at peace, they become cursed. Because all so, they okay, can do to achieve it, it is, is just like violence. It is your job to help. <laughs> I do not think, okay, I do you not think this, that the Chessman. hippies are both cursed and seeking glory. I do not think we've got, like, yeah. glorious werewolf hippies that are fighting for peace. Does not seem, I don't know why I'm stuck on werewolf. Is so When I hear curse, I think, I think Dracula's and I think werewolves. I think the hippies are cursed and the air pilots are seeking glory. Okay. Mm. So okay. These are just factions though. These are factions that are furthermore rooted in nineteen sixty-eight America. How do we just add an element that makes this the world, you know, that makes it Yeah. Uh, obviously there's jet technology, uh relatively modern sort of vibe here. We're talking about like cassette players at least, uh radio frequencies that you can tune into. Uh, yeah. What if the curse is a radio frequency? Like well, so uh, that's a that's a delivery mechanism, but that's not like what the curse is. Right, right. The curse is bad vibes. Well, yeah. The so, curse fucks you up, and it makes it so your vibes can never get funky again. No, 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 no. We can't do funky music. I'm, I'm just describing it. Listen, listen, listen. 
Okay, what if, I think we've, we've kind of been angling this with the hippies as the protagonists. But what if it is that the hippies have been cursed, like, because they are so zealous in their pursuit of peace and free love, and it's turning them into not werewolves, but some other sort of beast, which only jet airplanes can destroy? Oh, okay. Well, they would have to fly then, right? Gargoyle okay. hippies. It would, yeah, it would. No, no, no. I, okay. So, uh... There's this uh, idea, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, they call it plant medicine, right? It's, you, you, uh, you can go off to another country and, because uh, it's illegal here, of course. You can go off to, uh, I forget which country, and go on this plant medicine course where you take, uh, it's ayahuasca. I, it's ayahuasca. just ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And uh, uh, one of the guys that leads it uh, or the guy who owns it, uh, apparently his story was that he he took ayahuasca and he went on this journey that involved him traveling to the moon, which is ayahuasca. The moon is, I, I don't, it's very confusing. And then the moon gave him a new heart. Um, is it possible that these hippies went on a spiritual journey that gave them a real... Uh, give them something real that is cursing them. I like what you're thinking. I like what you're putting down here. I think the curse should be related to hippies in some way and that they would be the first ones to suffer from it. Maybe it's like a trip you go on where or a drug you take that when you take it, it's a curse on humanity. When you take it you experience the ultimate high, a high that's so great that you leave not only your mind behind, but your vestigial humanity behind, and you turn into something other, something they call it ascended, but, uh... Giant moths. Yes. Fuck. I don't follow. Giant yeah. moths? But no, what, yeah. Giant moths, dude. Think about it. Is giant moths good? Because what is, what is, is a trip, anything? if not the ultimate... <laughs> cocoon you know you hate it you're just no one knows smoking what's happened to you in there peyote huh. out in the desert and the next thing you know you're fucking mothra fucking up arizona and if they get a hold of people they can like put them they can like force them to go through this uh this journey and turn them into uh moth people as well well the drug is uh let's say it's like dried up moth spittle so the more moths there are, the more ready supply of the drug there was. Maybe we got this drug originally from like some sort of like dormant fossil or we kind of just like found trace amounts of it, right? But then these moths start appearing and now it's flooding everywhere. Maybe it's the ring dust or maybe it's something that they actually tangibly produce so as to leave big trails of shit behind them. Yeah, I like the wing dust because it's like... If they fly over like an open air community and shit like that, it's going to be a real problem. And they got to oh, get contained because. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to fight them on the ground because if you're on the ground and they overtake Why would they you, fight you. Yeah. Like they would yeah. just blaze you with dust. So you need 
jet you actually do need jet fighters that's essentially the only thing that could fight them would be well you could also fight them with like missiles or something or like small arms fire but let's say they're highly adaptable beings and their minds are ascended somehow through this drug they're smarter than humans i think that's important because there are less of them and they can't really like moths don't have like a lot to fight with apart from the bulk of their bodies you know they're not like predatory creatures they have to have some sort of intellect to them or some sort of capacity that makes it so it's threatening to fight them. Maybe they have a hidden agenda. Maybe they can communicate with each other uh, psychically across vast distances. Maybe we, they can do something like that. Yeah. Well, they're all connected through the moon. Right. Right. So, so they have the moon's intelligence and it's sort of like gives orders. I don't think it's like a hive mind. It's more like a network. Yeah, like psychically linked individuals. What if not everyone who breathed the dust turned into a moth? So like, what if like uh, you breathe in the dust and there's like a one in 12 chance? It's still a high chance. And it's still a great danger to people. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you breathe it in, if you're like one of the one in 12, it's like a hidden agenda has been revealed to you. And you have to go about your normal life, but also be like, I'm going to enter my cocoon in like four days. And you know this. And it's like, and I'm going to become. And that adds like a Cold War element yeah. too, which fits in with the setting of like, well, who's actually a moth? Who's working yeah, for the moths? Pod person. Yeah. Who, who are the pod people? Who's relaying information to the moths? Because you can hold off your own uh, transformation for months at a time if the moths want you to. And they're in communication with you. About their grand design. Okay. Yeah, I like it. So somebody comes back from a mission where they had to bail. And they they got a whiff of moth. Like a pilot comes back from a mission, they got a whiff of moth. They then have to go into quarantine. But they don't know how long. They don't know how long because the moths are very intelligent. And it can be assumed that whatever this wing particulate is has made the person act more intelligently than they normally would. Moon, such moon a circ- dust. So they ha- call, yeah, call the moon, moon dust. Du- oh, that's a cool... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moon dust, I like it. Uh, and the incubation period can vary. We don't know how long it is. And they're very adept at pretending that they had inhaled it, but nothing was uh, the matter. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is this all happening on the edge of the 60s counterculture? Is this yeah, happening I mean, with the, the hippie I movement mean, as we know it? It could have risen out of that counterculture because there was so much experimentation with drug use. And it also lays the groundwork for like the military industrial complex you would need to fight these moths as well. Right. How does glory play into this? I would say with the ascension that comes with the, the moth high. Yeah, the Mothman plan. You think that's the glory in the setting? Yeah, I mean, if if you're a moth, you you believe that there is a higher consciousness that humans can be raised to and that you're helping them out by making them join the mm-hmm. moth flock. That's the glory. Okay. I think there's there's two yeah. aspects to glory, right? Because you've got you've got these you got the the moth people. And then you also have um like these fighter pilots who are like the only people who can do anything about it and they're they're getting lots of glory for fighting these um what if the horrible creatures 
tying into not hippies, right? What if the moths were nonviolent? Uh, or at least they don't see what they're doing as violence. They're not, like, killing anyone, right? Uh, they can engage jet fighters if their lives were threatened, theoretically. Yeah, are you, are you saying what if the moths are a pretty benevolent force? People tend to like them, actually, because they get the moth high. Uh, and maybe the jet pilots fighting against them are not uh, not lionized for that. They're not seen as heroes because they're bringing down the good vibes. I don't know if like no. people would lionize because they are scary looking and they're fucking weird. But when you think about what tools, the first moths were hippies, right? We could say are people who were seeking out weird transcendental drugs. Uh, and when you think about like what natural weapons a moth has at its disposal doesn't have very many of them I, I think this is like the sort of like uh age of aquarius is that the right sort of thing it's it's sort of like the psychonauts dream right it's like this sort of the all of these yeah. all mm. of these weird visions that you've had in this like of of like alternate reality and altered altered states of mind like realizes itself in this sort of like uh bizarre like surreal uh alien force really so i think a lot of like if the originals were hippies but a lot of hippies are very in support of the moths oh they're so very no down, a lot of are. hippies are moth sympathizers yeah, yeah the the counterculture <laughs> movement didn't just disappear we gotta get rid of them we gotta root them out well if you look at the spiritual community now there's this whole thing with ascension you know, the, you shut up, you goddamn hippie. I'm a <laughs> don't talk about it. You, you gotta charge your crystals in the moonlight, in the, the, first, in the moth dust. The first hippies were mothniks, who <laughs> were kind of the first generation. <laughs> what, what if, the, um... The spiritual community? Wingniks. Wingniks. When you say the spiritual community, do you mean like, uh... Do you... What do you, what do you mean? I mean the subculture of people who uh, believe in chakras, don't trust the government. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, normal, sensible like, people, Reiki people, anti-vaxxers, okay. yeah, crystal healing. Healing. a lot of yeah. people who like dip into spiritual practices and for, for whatever reasons try to join together in this culture. Um, and and the people who talk about ascension a lot are pretty out there, man. They're pretty they're pretty wigged out. But they uh, there's this collective belief that has evolved that coming soon. I mean, this is related to like the 2012 stuff too. I mean, just like the the deadline's always around the corner, right? Uh, that oh, we yeah. will ascend into now. a higher form um, and that the world will either become a better place or the souls will leave it. Uh, right, right, because the, mm. the moths have human people who are infected with wing dust and they can stay human for a while before they're putting off their ascension. They see it for the common good. And so they're spreading propaganda and shit. Well, if the moths, if we get mothed and we ascend, we won't go to war anymore. We won't invade right. Vietnam or Korea right, or anywhere exactly. else. There, you can't have moth Vietnam. It'd be absurd. The bomb won't go off if the, we're all mothed. If we have uh, tiny hands, the bomb won't red, go we off. Them nukes? If we're all we just mothed, the, the bomb won't the go reds off. Get, <laughs> if the reds get mothed too, then we won't have to fight. It won't matter. There's no communism or capitalism to moths. Oh, Just vibing. that's a good point with the Reds getting mothed. I bet the government would try to, like, make the moths go for other governments first. 
Well, and I had a thought about that too, because you know how like during the this era, and especially with the development of like psycho like uh, like hallucinogenic drugs, the FBI tested shit on Americans all the time undercover. Yeah, yeah. What if what if that was going on, and because of it, the FBI is now compromised. By hell, yeah. By my well, one moths. of the uh, one of the intelligence agencies is to be certain. I assume domestic because it started in the U.S., but it could yeah. be CIA too. I mean, uh, let's we don't have to root this in the real world. It could be an analog that's just set in kind of a similar aesthetic and vibe. I think that makes it kind of like more compelling because the last one we did was in the real world too. Right. This would be sort of a sort of a strange version of reality. <laughs> sort of like a yeah. strange yeah. A real Twilight place. Zone. Uh, yeah, we, we don't get the sponsorship money if we don't reference Ace Combat at least four times in the episode. The, so the. All right, listeners, we've just edited out a 25 minute portion of talking about Ace Combat. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, yeah, I think that makes sense. It can be an analog setting. Just anything on the precipice of like a world war, like in an era where there's like espionage and uh, this fear of the end of the world because of weapons of mass destruction. The so these mo I mean, I'm trying to like imagine like actually fighting these things, and it actually doesn't seem very, really very difficult. Oh hell yeah, fight it them is because all. they're super intelligent. They can access your mind even if you're not a moth, so they know kind of what moves you're going to take. Right? Uh okay. They can make you see shit that's not there. You know, if they're in close enough proximity to you, they're highly psychically potent, right? Mm -hmm. So fighting them is actually like flying into a web of illusions and deceptions. Huh. So you like you come out, you think you're flying level, but you're actually heading. Right. Like, you think you like, see blips on your radar screen, but you actually don't. Shit like that. Oh, yeah. They like they trick you into flying straight up or you, down. Yeah, you can't of trust them. your own mind. So they start, so like initially, like all these pilots are like lobotomized, dude. Oh, God. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's initially all the pilots probably die. And then there's a, there's a wave of like lobotomized pilots that are just like slave, like brain slaves, I guess. They I don't found a lobotomize. way to make, they, they found a way to make pilots inhuman. Well, so I Pure think. glory seekers. I think the third wave, though, is a wave of like, you know, like like the Jedi program of instead of going the way of like trying to separate them from that is to try to get them to be stronger in that and like to be able to control. Oh, shit. So we're giving them moth gas and we determine that they're not faking it. They actually are one of the like, you know, 89 percent of the population that's resistant to it. And then we're like, now we're going to suffuse you in moth gas. Well, maybe there's a percentage of the population that's even more resistant to it that's like has like uh an opposite reaction or right or i, I like know. to think if you're exposed to it enough you can kind of uh become hardened to its reality seemingly reality altering properties right what if what if actually if you manage to kill a moth you become psychically more powerful what if when you kill a moth, yeah, oh. its consciousness splits into shards that fly everywhere like shrapnel, and some of these can get lodged in your head 
or in your craft and imbue your craft with some degree of sentience as well. Huh. Yeah, and because and you never know what you're going to get from that, right? Like, you might, you'll probably get some immunity to the effect. Well, your whole squad can benefit if it's widespread. You might also just get hallucinations right. forever. Uh, like, from now on, all water just feels boiling hot to you forever for some reason. You have a strange oh. compulsion to touch bright things. <laughs> I like the idea, too, of, like, this elite pilot corps having to, like, meditate constantly as part of their exercises i think that's cool no yeah i like that and then well then you have the the other play of like different interests within the government of like jockeying basically for control of the pilot program and like you have compromised intelligence agencies and people representing those that have been mothed or some people that are just self-interested and there's this whole backdrop of like scheming over who has the pilots and you can tell them what to do Right, because they could only exist in, like, one country, but they're lent out as, like, an international resource. Like, the UN has, like, very loose control over the pilots or some shit like right, that. Right, or they can send them out to humanitarian, like, disaster areas to... Because let's say that the cities have giant superstructures built over them to prevent uh, moth dust or moon dust yeah, from accumulating. Probably to prevent, cities, yeah, flyovers right? and shit. Well, a lot of states like fell, and that's why we have so many moth attacks, but they were originally localized in one part of the world, which gave other people time to prepare. But if there's like an earthquake, right, these barriers can collapse and a city can get dusted very or quickly. Moth terrorists blow a hole in the right, sky dome. Right. Uh. And that means you have to scramble your fighters immediately and they have to fly insane shifts of just like hours and hours and hours and hours, potentially even like days of air combat. Yeah. And we we could throw in some shit to prevent just like missile batteries from ending the setting with like it, it fucks up like uh like infrared targeting and shit like that. No, I think yeah, there's certainly. really no, you, there's no, you, we can also just say no missiles use. exist. Like we can also just be like, the only thing we have are jets nah. and moth domes. No, see, the thing with any any missile technology you can use, you could use, like, is you could use infrared, you could use um, radar, you could use um, uh, fly-by-wire stuff, you could, like, have it hand-guided. I think mm -hmm. fly-by-wire is really the only thing that you could actually use, because, like, these things are... The, the, infrared's not going to do anything, because it's going to be so noisy out there, you're not going to be able to hit anything with it. And... I, radar do they, do they even have physical bodies like the moths it's hard to tell certainly if you're in close proximity to one you can't trust anything that you see on your radar screen so it makes radar kind of ineffectual at actually determining where they are up close but from long yeah. range it could work what if the moth dust like it just acts like chaff like a chaff grenade like mm. it just fucks it up yeah, it scrambles yeah. electronics. I think that would be another way that it's dangerous to fight them. If you're flying directly through the tail of the dust, you can expect your craft to shit itself relatively quickly. Yeah. Yeah, the only people who can, like, who can actually keep their uh, crafts moving and, like, sheltered from this noise is people who are talented in, in this sort of psychic energy. Right. And the moths being smart, too, they know how jets work. So moths in a fight, they can just like stop flapping their wings and like flap backwards even 
which jets can't do. So even jet fighters are limited, and it's a tough fight when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to get up in their fucking faces, basically. And even doing that is just very dangerous. Uh, yeah. These crazy fucking dog fights. <laughs> they're 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 shooting uh they're shooting each other. It looks like up there. Oh my god. And uh, you can even throw in too, spicing it up a little bit, like conflict between states too. Like what's left over what resources are there. Oh, I like, think that's integral to the setting. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the 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 White House still hates the Kremlin. You know, just because the world got mothed didn't mean that went away. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a whole a whole region gets mothed, and. You know, you you only have a few days to deal with it. So you so you send, like you send you bomb the shit out of it, right? <laughs> Holy shit, napalm, baby. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the moths, uh, like are awakening during the offensive, because you you couldn't bomb everybody, um, and that's Vietnam. That's when Vietnam happens. Um, <laughs> I love the smell of napalm and the moth, but the actual horrifying war is like on the ground you know being someone whose job it is to like suss out double agents uh and find where the cocoons are that'd be a pretty tough job as well yeah i think you could go like really three three really interesting angles you could either go with the air forces that are like trying to fight these things like in the sky on their own terms where they're strongest You've got people going and like uh, trying to root out like infestations before they hatch. And then you've got like the sort of political social side where you're trying to figure out who's been compromised in the government and, and also, you know, against other nations. So, which, yeah, I think we're, uh, I think we're about at time, honestly. Yeah, no, uh, I like. Could we go any further in this? Uh, I don't know where else to go. I mean, I, I'm all mothed up at this point. Uh, let me tell you what I already know. All right, I'm not mothed. But the rest of you, I don't know. What's your favorite toast okay. of London episode, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's got to be the Masonic episode. It's the best one. That one's great, but the one that I think is right after it, buried alive. That one's good too. Where the director? Well, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. But that deranged guys, actor is like, yeah, yeah. Buy me a dog. Well, you better buy him a dog. I'll shoot this dog <laughs> and then only shoot took myself. Belvin thirty minutes. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite gags in the show. When he just <laughs> does it. <laughs> it only took Belvin thirty minutes to remember that he uh, did watch that show. That's a great show. No moths. No, no, there's no, no moths in the United Kingdom. There's no toast miserable. in the setting. Actually, no I, I, I did. They do. They toast isn't a thing. Crucial detail. I, I'm glad you got that. Under right water. under. Bread cannot be heated in this setting. Just bounces off of any temperature change, which has a whole lot of other implications that we just don't have time yeah, to get. Yeah, butter into. implications. Is why you say butter implications? Well, folks, that's our show. <laughs> no, but I might as well have. <laughs> no, if you like this episode, you can subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. Uh, to get new episodes every other Saturday. Uh, and if you're feeling uh, like a, a neat old boy, uh, you can go ahead and... Nope. Let me try that again. And if you're feeling really saucy, go ahead and write us a five-star review. That's right. Lie about our show's quality. 
and share us with all your world-building friends. It really does help us out. Our art is courtesy of the talented and wonderful Shell Tor at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. And you can tweet Woo! at us. We love her. She's fantastic. She's incredible. Oh, she's so great. She's so great. Such a pleasure to work with. We we have a contract with her where she's actually indebted to us. She has to make. Uh, yeah, she has. To, in spite of the fact that she's a lawyer with a right. law degree, uh, she has to actually make art for a podcast that averages a hundred well, listeners. Well, don't every- sign contracts at a crossroad. That's what I say. Yeah, definitely don't. Don't you do don't it. fucking do that. Uh, and you can tweet at us, too, at lorelads, or send us uh, hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Side anecdote before we close out. Uh, I was looking at our analytics the other day, and I noticed that someone from Spain had listened to, like, all 11 episodes in a single day. Wow. Which I, I surmise is just one person. I so if me you're out there... Yeah, if you're out there, we love you. Uh, <laughs> whoever you are. Yeah, email us and we'll buy you some zapatos. Yeah, no, send us an email and we'll send you some shit. Shine on, you <laughs> Castilian bastard. Uh, you take a siesta are, are now. Are we sure they're Castilian? It, it could, could be from Catalonia. <laughs> yeah, let's not bring that up. Maybe they're sensitive <laughs> about that. <laughs> let's not. All right. Not the time <laughs> well, or place. Uh, thanks for listening, especially uh, the one Spanish person. And as always, happy world building.